Я думаю, что каждый тоже изменился. Вы можете измениться. You're listening to WowFireRadio.com presents the Jerry Torres program. No bad news, no sad news, no politics, no religion, just happy fun stuff. And now, here's your host, Jerry Torres. Five-time Emmy Award-winning anchor Ron Burgundy and Tits McGee. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Yes! Oh, shoot, damn it. Oh, my God, I messed up. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Thank you, they're back! Yeah! I hope that somebody got out easy. Can you turn the volume up on, on the uh, the cheering thing, please? It's like, it's like, here we go. Yes! God damn it. Yes! <laughs> As it ends. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to another edition episode of the Jerry Torres Program here on WildfireRadio.com every Thursday at 7 p.m. I am back, people. Like I said, I'm going to be on and off doing my show, my podcast this summer. I got a lot of things to do, a lot of things on my list, especially on my bucket list, but I'm going to get it done. But before anything of everything, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to introduce you to my producer, Rick. Give it up for him. Hey, I'm yeah. Rick. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> how's, it, how's it going with it, Rick? How's you and your wife doing? Everything going good, well? Good, man, good. Yeah, good. things are going well. Rick, Rick is sporting this uh, really, you know, nice, long Latin <laughs> lover hair. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's just a... <laughs> it's the first time you see me without a hat on. So yeah, just, first time. Yeah. It looks good, man. It's like when you, as soon as you walk into the room, I, I, can't, I, I think I'm going to hear this. <laughs> the slow motion wave. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go run a horse. <laughs> Give a roses to your wife. Wear the pirate shirt. Right? Your hand out. <laughs> Come with me, my love. Yes. You know, so all's good, man. I'm doing well, thank you. I went to uh, very quickly um, before. I have a very very special guest uh, coming up pretty uh, pretty soon. <clears throat> And uh, she's going to be on the air. She's a very funny female comic. She's also a friend of mine. She kicks and dominates that stage. Anyway, but beforehand, last week I attended the uh, Steve and Claire Morrison Mutiny on the Bounty uh, in Philadelphia last Thursday. That's why I couldn't make it on the program. And I had, as always, my second year attending it, and I had a blast. The food was awesome. The, the the performances were great. Well, the drag queens, question mark on that one. But anyway, um, everybody did a great job. The DJ played the right music. The atmosphere, the kittens, they had little puppies. And it was all for a worthy cause. I had a great time. I gave Steve Morrison his birthday present at BTS, uh, that Korean uh, group, which, by the way, I saw their videos. These guys are kick-ass. They are synchronized when they dance, man. But um, I had a great time. I loved it. And I want to thank Steve Morrison and his beautiful wife, Claire, for having this worthy cause to get kittens and cats off, the, feral cats off the streets, uh, giving them care, food, uh, medicine, and putting them up for adoption, giving them a good home. So uh, I hope they have it again every year on the Mashulu. It's the perfect place for it. And uh, I hope. But it's funny, though, I gave Steve Morrison that shirt. And I saw it. He loved it. He goes, uh, I got to do this real quick. He wiped the sweat off the sh- his, <laughs> with the shirt I gave him. I was like, I didn't even care. I love the show. I love the guy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But um, uh, I really had a kick-ass time. And uh, oh, my God. And I love animals. And uh, I love animals to be saved. But the ones that are killed humanely, I like to eat them, too. Like, you know, like bulls and stuff like that. Pigs. I love chickens, too. But you know what I mean? So thank you, Steve Morrison and Claire. Uh, for a wonderful time, and please do it again every year. Um, I hope, to, again, to be a guest on your show. I love you guys very much, and I hope to make that happen. And uh, so please, 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 please. Also, very quickly, uh, Steve Morrison, if you're listening to this, um, Jonette Craft, uh, she runs the Smoking Dog uh, Cigar and Tobacco Shop in Kings Plaza, 300 South Linola Road, Mapleshade, New Jersey. Um if there is also one in Mount Holly, New Jersey, on High Street. 
If you go to these cigar shops and you purchase an empty cigar box, which is $2, those $2 will go to a all-dog shelter um, to provide them with food, medicine, again, up for adoption too. So, again, if you go to any of these smoking dogs, one in Mapleshade or in Mount Holly, check them out. Go on www.mysmokingdog.com. And if you purchase a, a empty cigar wooden box, you pay $2. Those $2 donation will go to a dog shelter, okay? It's a beautiful thing. So I suggest everybody should go there and buy a cigar. If you're a smoker or non-smoker, wooden cigar boxes are really cool. They're awesome. You can put your uh, heroin needles in it, your Coke <laughs> and your weed, right? Right? Yeah. 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 Everybody well, needs a place for that stuff. Everybody needs a place. Or, if, you know, the legal stuff like uh, <laughs> passports, you know, and one of those... Uh, you know, I don't know, stuff. <laughs> Is she on? Is she on? I believe so. Oh, okay. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, now I have, was supposed to get Jason Pollock, but the guy's going to a concert. Tim Grills is uh, really busy and has some other guests. But this one in particular, at the last minute, I called her yesterday. She is, she, I asked her to be on. She's going to be on. Ladies and gentlemen, I've worked with this woman before, and she's not only funny, she's hysterical. She's so down to earth. She has a, a wonderful performance about her life and dating scene. I loved her stuff. And not only she owns the stage, but she owns the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend, the funniest woman, Missy Hall. Give it up for her! Yeah! Hello, hello! Missy, the only one available on a Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that crowd so, loves you. the people that I would have had. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Hi, sweetheart. How you doing? I am quite well. How are you? Oh, my God. I want to thank you again for being on my on my show for the uh, uh, last-minute call thing because... Oh, my God, I was supposed to get Jason, and Tim Grill's too busy, and uh, some other uh, model was too busy doing this, too. So I didn't know who to get, so I said, well, I, I haven't got to know. I've never had a chance to talk to you, and you said, yes, yeah, I'll do it. I was perfect. like, oh, thank God. Oh, you're a lifesaver. Yes, it's a perfect day for it. Perfect day for it, and the fact that I can do it by phone is, yeah, absolutely perfect. Well, of course, you live in the most exciting state in the world, Delaware. Delaware. Do. I do. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot happening here. I'm sitting on a chair and there's a dog asleep on the couch, and that's pretty much all that's happening in this state right now. <laughs> and they haven't called the police on you? Oh, my God, you party animals. No, not yet. <laughs> I have to shade John. No one knows. <laughs> so, um, before we begin, I mean, uh, how long have you been doing stand up comedy? I mean, I think you've been doing it for like 20 years. Oh, gosh, no. I think I'm entering into my seventh year. No way. Holy. I Yes, I didn't start comedy till late, 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 late. Really? And I had to move fast because I'm old, yeah. Oh, hon, <laughs> you are not old. I thought you were 18. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> definitely. I, am, I was a teacher, actor, and singer before comedy, and people kept saying I should try it, but I didn't start comedy i think like i said in august it'll be the start of year seven wow good for you honey because i've seen you perform you're like a pro up there i thought you've been doing it for like 15 20 years thank you thank you i had like i said i didn't have time to be new you know yeah (laughs) i'm 51 years old um i kind of experiment background so i think that might have shaved off some of the, you know, some of the stage nerves and some of the beginning stuff. Right. Um, I didn't have to contend with. Okay. Well, so. I mean, like, uh, what really motivated you to perform? What was it like? A dare? Was it like, uh, let me go for it all by yourself? Like, you, you know, like the, an open it, mic? It, no, you know, I've never, I've never just signed up and done an open mic. Mm-hmm. I, um, I always. I guess I was a teacher, and I've always been either an actor or a director of, like, small local theaters. Right. And people kept, and I always would do comedic roles. And a lot of times people either who would, would take classes with me or work with me was like, oh, you should try stand-up, you should try mm-hmm. stand-up. So one night there was a stand-up comic in the area who was represented by a label, um, 
that was doing at the theater where I worked, they were recording an internet special for her. And they said, hey, why don't you just come warm up the crowd um, between takes and stuff? And I didn't even really know what that meant. Mm-hmm. So I was too stupid to be scared. And I had a blast. And I was, I mean, kind of telling jokes, mostly telling stories. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but it went really well. Yeah. And, and it was so much fun. And then afterwards, the people from that label are like, you know, we'd like to sign you and maybe record an album. And I, again, I was too, I was too to be afraid. So I'm like, sure. And they're like, do you think you could do like, you know, just a one woman, 90 minute show? And again, stupid to be afraid. And I was like, well, sure. So we did it. And they and it made the first round of um, Grammy nominations in 2013. Good for you. Wow. Congratulations. But I'd never done an open mic or anything. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. So it started in a very, very backwards way. Yeah, you did, because most comedians, um, when they do stand... Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, because most comedians, when they, no, because I heard a beep noise. I didn't know what it was. I, your phone and my phone. Was, oh, great. She hung up. Uh, great. I said something no, ignorante. No, that's what I'm hanging up. No, and I turned my do, you know, my do not disturb stuff on, but I don't know if any notifications will still come through. But go ahead. What were you saying? No, it's probably your comments? husband. Honey, how come you not answering the phone? Are you with him again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because uh, when most comedians, um, I heard every story, like, uh, they try it out, like, the open mic. It's always an open mic story. Right. I go to a comedy club. It was an open right. mic. Next thing you know, I, I found my voice. I found my calling. But, uh, yeah, yours right. is, is, like, reverse. I mean, that's uh, um, unordinary, you know what I mean, out of something like that. Because right. um, every story from every comedian, you heard them. You know, uh, there was an open mic, and one day I oh, walked yeah. in, and boom, I, all of a sudden, I'm a star. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but you, I, um, no. I think. Go ahead. Here, I was in a small town, so and not a huge comedy thing. I was in my forties. Mm-hmm. You know, I had kids. It wasn't like I was out and about and going to any clubs or anything like that. I lived in Middletown, Delaware, so I didn't know anything about the comedy scene. I didn't know anything about what to do. Um, which, in a way, I'm kind of grateful for because I may not have ever gone for it. Yeah. It might have felt like it was going to be too much, you know. Um, so I, I think things are supposed to happen the way they're supposed to happen. And my story's bizarre, like, <laughs> but <laughs> but here I am now. Yeah. <laughs> so at seven years, uh, and every comedian always has someone that they admire or their their inspiration or one day to meet like who is who was your inspiration male female comedian or or actor that really motivated you to keep doing what you're doing um because yeah who's yours i gotta think about this um I have a huge admiration for Tina Fey and while she's not a stand-up yeah um, she's a powerful, powerful, funny female. Right. Um, always had admiration for her. Always have had admiration for Ellen. And I also the first stand up that like, whose name I actually knew mm-hmm. was like, oh my goodness, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, he's good. Yes, he's the one that's and that's where. That was the first time I actually, and this is way before I started um, even thinking about stand-up. He was the first person that I listened to and listened and noticed things like cadence and the different voices he would use and talking to himself and how funny he was. That was the first one. So I kind of, you know, now, now that I'm doing it, there's so many because I know now how many more people deserve the respect and admiration. Well, but I'd say those three were the ones that I had kind of my very first, like, oh, these people are pretty cool. Right, right. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh, God, like, living for me in, of idols is Richard Pryor. Um, to, this, oh. yeah, to this day, there's no comedian that can. I would say Dave Chappelle is the only comedian that comes close to a Richard Pryor. Um, yes. 
He is so God, close. And um, Alive, the funniest two comedians, I would say, are Anthony Jeselnik and uh, Joe Rogan. Um, they were, yes. Oh, my God. They're so smart and hysterical on that stage. I was going to say they're so, so smart. I, I, you know who else I like? Nate Bergatsky and Mike Birbiglia. Oh, yeah. Um, Mike Birbiglia is yeah, a great I mean, director, so too. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he made two movies and... Uh, Two, I mean, sadly, they should have been. Uh, they call him like they call. Um, they call him the next Woody Allen. <laughs> that's that's okay. bad. Except, I uh, hope he doesn't marry it's, his, uh, you know, adopted daughter. <laughs> his kid, yeah, or, yeah. That's true. <laughs> My producer Rick is here. Rick, you want to ask her anything? Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was, uh, I was sorry. I was, I was just laughing at the. Uh, Oh, what do you know? I think that's really funny. Mike Barbiglia is one of uh, one of my favorite comedians as well. Uh, it's it's funny that you mentioned the movies. I was actually I saw um, Sleepwalk with Me in the uh, in the theater, which is a movie about pretty much about his life, which is uh, very very uh, very cool. So you should definitely check that out. Yes, I will have to. What's it called again? It's called Sleepwalk with Me. Uh, it's about uh, it's about okay. I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, about him on the road as a comedian, but. Uh, there's like an undertone of because because he was a big sleepwalker uh, to the point where right, he, I've heard him do bits about that. Right, yeah, like mm-hmm. it's it's part of his actual life, so that that movie really covers that. Oh, cool! I I'm thank you for telling me about that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, you see, Rick Rick wanted to ask you a question, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> More of just a plug of someone else's movie. <laughs> and by the way, nice to kind of meet you, Rick. Very nice to meet you, Avery. Aw, that was <laughs> thank so you. sweet of her. <laughs> Oh, as you said. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're having a moment here. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, y- you are happily married uh, for how long? Yes, again. Again? Yeah, I just, yes. Third time is a charm, Harry. I tell you, third time is a charm. I now understand why that's a phrase. <laughs> um, oh my God. I, mar- I got married uh, last September 22nd. Congratulations. I got huh? married. Thank you. So, thank, thank you. So, you were married twice. Oh, my God. I was engaged twice. And I'm not afraid of being I, married. You know what? Go ahead. Yeah. Do you know, I was engaged to two other people before I ever got married for the first time. Really? So, yeah. You might say I'm a serial monogamist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just can't... Oh, f- my God. Go ahead, hon. What's happened? What, 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 what? I was just going to say, I just realized that, like, Serial Monogamous would be funny, a funny name for a show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, write that down. Keep that. That was another, I will. That yes. was another question I wanted to ask you. Um, now, every comedian, uh, such as myself, their dream is to... It used to be Comedy Central. You know, oh, I want it on Comedy Central. Right. But now with Netflix and it, now comedians are like, uh, well, if I don't get it on Netflix, I record it myself, put it on Spotify or iPlay, you know what I mean? Or, um, and they can receive more views and they can get paid uh, doing that now. Now, do you, right. down the road, when that offer happens, say like... Uh, Comedy Central. Well, a lot of comedians are jumping ship from Comedy Central and going to Netflix because Netflix pays more, and also you have more freedom to right. to talk, uh, freedom of speech, basically. But if you were offered uh, Netflix, or would you rather record yourself and post it on uh, these networks that help you post video and audio of your recordings? Like, which would you well, prefer to go to? I prefer Netflix because. I um, I are, I understand it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like my stuff is already on. I'm already getting checks from Pandora, and my stuff's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, my album Misrepresentation, and then there's another one called Fifty Shades of Fifty. The label that I work with has them on those, and I the streaming is pretty. I, I get pretty popular because I'm old. I prefer. Something that I'm like, oh, Netflix special. There's a name and a picture. I just click here and can watch that. So that's really the only reason why that's more appealing to me. Mm-hmm. The other stuff, like I said, the other stuff, the label handles, and it's already out there. And um, the next time I record something, you know, I think I would 
probably love for it to be Netflix. I don't know. Yeah. How about you? Oh, um, well, she's asking me the questions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the Missy Hall show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, how about this? I mean, I'm a girl. We're very accommodating. Yes, you are. Thank you. I feel so warm. Yes, thank you. I mean, um, I prefer Netflix, uh, and you're right about that, because I tell people every comedian should listen to Joe Rogan when he interviews comedians. And we were talking about this yesterday. How yeah yeah his his philosophy and knowledge and uh, mind opening stuff of him talking about comedy, what you should do, what you should not do, and how to act, how to perform. And he interviewed Anthony Jeselnik, and he said it took him three years for him to have his own Netflix special. And um, yeah. he preferred Netflix because uh, Comedy Central wasn't paying him, and you know they wouldn't let him say the things he wanted to say. And next thing you know, he went to Netflix. But it took him three years to perfect and to find the right wording for his special. How how long would it take for you, if you had the offer to do Netflix, would you give it like a year, six months, you know, to perfect your craft? I would. Yeah, now that I know more than I did when I first started doing this and first started recording, like I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Now that I understand what it means to trim the fat off jokes and oh, and all of that stuff, like I didn't, I wasn't really good at that when I first started. Um, none of us are, right? None of us are. I got right. lucky and I still got to move along, you know. But I would say. You know, I would love to have a year to, like, really, really hone the material the way I want it to be presented. Um, I'd also want to start really going hardcore into push-ups and sit-ups so I look decent. (laughs) Of course, yeah. um, You know, but I think for a lot, like, if I were going to do a major live performance, Mm -hmm that was going to be recorded for all time. I think a year prep would be good because then you have time to run the material. You have time to run it in bars and, and, and in elk clubs and in hopefully in theaters right. and all the different venues um, to get that energy and know what really works. So I think that would be ideal. A year to suffice? Yeah, it would take about a year for me, six months or a year mm-hmm. to uh, record a Netflix special, you know, um, mm-hmm. now, now a lot of comedians, uh, it was another comedian he talked to, oh, I forgot his name, but anyway, he mentioned something about where would you rather perform? Like in a whole sellout stadium, like, uh, uh, like Madison square garden or a comedy club or a theater, the comedian that he was interviewing, I forgot his name. I, sh- I should have wrote it down. He goes, I prefer theaters. And he asked him why, because he goes, he, he, he says it's a better feel and it's um, more dramatic when you perform in a theater. Go ahead. I concur. And remember, my background before I ever even started comedy mm-hmm. was theater. So I love, first of all, having all the space. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love all of the space. I love the depth of a stage in a theater versus just the, I mean, I do like the intimacy of a club. I mean, I absolutely do. The energy exchange is good, but especially if I get to do a long set, I absolutely love a theater. That's where I feel the most at home anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, um, they, uh, yeah, because I saw the book of Mormon and uh, I was talking to my producer, Rick, he recommended the play and I saw it Uh hysterical. A funny from beginning to end. And the lead actress that was there, she was a singer. She, I forgot her name. I, I should have brought the, the notes of the movie, but the, the, the play. But um, I agree with you on that because when, one, when the show was over, you know how the theater gives that applause, like, I'm going bravo. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that I, I could just tell how each and every performer on that stage must have felt when that crowd just like, you know, that, that theater crowd, you're expecting to throw roses yeah. on the stage, you know? Yeah, a theater crowd, you know, people that, a theater crowd is absolutely there for performance and loves the value of performance. Mm. You know, they're there for the whole theater experience. It's just a different vibe 
than a bar or a club. Right. Um, there's just something, and you know, theater's been around for so many thousands of years, and there's you know, there's just there's a rhyme and reason to it. There's always a stage manager. Again, it's the way I came up. I came up in theater, so it just feels like home to me. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, if um, from theater to stage to everything. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Now, would you, at, like Netflix, would you ever thought about having your own podcast show? Uh, you know, and talk yeah, about, you know. Really? Well, and well, how would you entitle yeah, my, your podcast? Actually, my husband and I are my husband and I are thinking about doing one together, um, because I want to get a lot of the experience. You know, all of the experience that I have talking includes visual, right. and I'd like to get better about talking when people can't see me, so that you know I'm not referring to things that people can't see, or and you know, um, I just think it's a really good muscle to develop. And I also think podcasts, well, I, I, clearly they're so popular now, but as a person who's on the road constantly, yeah. I love to have content to listen to. Because music, as much as I love it, music puts me to sleep. But if there's somebody talking to me in the car, I just feel like there's such a, <laughs> you know, such an open market for right. podcasts. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. And what would you call your podcast? The Missy Hall program or... Uh... No, no. In fact, Jeremy and I already have a name picked out, but I'm not going to release it yet. I'm not going to release the name yet, but just think of our last name, and, you know, the possibilities are pretty endless. Okay, I think I got it. Hall and Oates. Yeah. Oh, my God, I haven't thought of that one. I haven't thought of that one. Oh, my God. Yeah, but either way, think of it. You know, with our last name, there's definitely you know something we can do. We've got some stuff in the works, and I'll I'll be sure to let you know when it happens. Well, I got a couple ones in case you don't like the ones you have. A haul this down the hall, huh? Kids in the hall. Oh, kids in the hall. Yeah, <laughs> kids in the hall. We'll totally rip that off. That sounds great. <laughs> so okay, now um, now uh, now my idol in stand-up comedy that's alive is I would love to meet Bill Murray. That's my guy that I would love to meet. He is, like, my yeah. idol in comedy. Who is your idol? Like, one that you would, like, melt like butter or, or scream like a little girl. Like, uh, one that just, you're, like, too nervous to approach. I mean, who is, like, the one? Right, like, you would make me act stupid. Oh, God, um... yeah. <laughs> You know, that that really, I thought it was stupid and speechless. I'm trying to think. I would probably feel a little stupid and speechless if I ran into Goldie Hawn. Ooh. Um, she looks good. Yeah. She does. Oh, my God. She does. Whew. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts? Okay. She's hot, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um... You know what, George Clooney? I think I would be like, "Oh my gosh!" And Denzel Washington, oh. I would be a total idiot. That's when the wedding ring comes <laughs> off, right? <laughs> What's that? That's when the wed wedding ring comes off, right? Yeah. Well, no, because here's the thing: you don't want to get to know any of these people too well because it's only going to be a disappointment. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no. The one, the actual one, I just thought of because. This is a man who, even though, like, as self-deprecating as I am, there's part of me that believes that Zac Efron would totally go for me if he met me. <laughs> there is that small part of me that thinks I could totally land Zac Efron. That's and, when the bread ring comes off. <laughs> yeah, I think my husband would understand. You know? <laughs> um Oh, my God. Yeah, honey, record it so we could tell everybody, yeah, she had sex with him. Yeah, but it is. It's one of those things where it's like on any given day, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm blah, 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 blah. But Zach Efron, he totally want me. <laughs> <laughs> like, Rick, Rick who's, who's your, uh, like, who do you want to meet? Who's your wife, your wife, uh, Ida, like she wants to meet? Ah, uh, gosh. Um, my wife used to have a big thing for Bruce Willis. I don't know if she still does. She hasn't mentioned it recently, but yeah, the uh, I don't know. I guess uh, bald guys. She's into. She's into bald guys. Got, you have Latin I got this hair. this very long hair, and then she's got a thing for bald guys on the side. Oh, like Jason Statham and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. I can't have for real. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so other than like um now, what is your like uh, focus and goal in uh, in the stand up world? Like, do, do you still want to direct, or do you want to have your own like uh, TV series or movies, be in movies, or do you prefer like um, be being behind the camera and like directing a play or a movie or a show or a TV show? I I do enjoy directing plays, but I definitely definitely am more of a performer. Okay. I would absolutely love to be able to do something on TV. I did get to do a movie um, and play a, play a villain, which was pretty neat. Um, so most of, yeah, most of my goals are to be able to perform either on camera or live on stage. Okay. I would absolutely love to be like a recurring character on a sitcom. You know, it doesn't even have to be my own show. I'd be more than happy to be the court's best friend. Yeah. Like anything like that. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, whatever opportunity happens, you'll know at the moment if you're excited about it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but I also, I would love to be in one of those ridiculous reenactments on the IP channel. Like, I know that's not a career maker, but I would just love to be, like, one of the crazy people that, you know, kills the neighbors or even just play a dead body, you know? <laughs> I think that would be super cool because I watch that stuff all the time. I, I, I watch those shows from time to time, and, uh, yeah, they get the perfect actor to look exactly like the killer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. No, I think it would be fun. And it's always jealousy. Yeah, no, I'm definitely more of a performance. Yes, it's always jealousy or crazy. I like the crazy ones too. I, I you know, just you know. Well, for a single guy like me, that color. keeps me. And when I see the single, uh, the crazy women on those programs, that's when I'm like studying. And you know, okay, now I know not what to look for in one of these women. You know, yeah. they have a huge knife collection. Okay, that's when I stop dating them. <laughs> you know. Yes. <laughs> Huge knife collection, or are just too interested in what you're doing. Oh, God. That's always to me is a big sign in men, too. Like, if anybody's so interested in what I'm doing, ah, stalker, stalker mm -hmm. potential. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, you're happily married, and I don't know. I thought I had a woman, and uh, nah, you know, as always, a child, not a, not a woman. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into that. The show is about <laughs> you. And okay, now. <laughs> With comedy being as strict as it is, and nowadays people have to be careful what they say on on stage in front of the camera because it's a sensitive... 2018 to 2019 has been the sensitive era for what comedians talk about. And um, the situation, there was... Okay, I'll go back to Anthony Jeselnik. On his special, you have to see it. He was talking about murder-suicide. And it was, oh, my God, the most funniest thing I have ever heard. And it was, I never heard a comedian ever talk about it. You know what I mean? He was talking about murder-suicide. Right. You know, you don't have, you can get away. He said a bit where he goes, murder-suicide. I think it's a good thing because, one, you killed the person that you cannot stand. And, two, you're not going to jail. You know what I mean? It's like you're avoiding court. <laughs> <laughs> but he kept, he, it was like a 15-minute bit about it. And it was hysterical. I loved it. But he, he, he was, like, crossing the line about talking about murder-suicide. And he said yeah. in an interview on Joe Rogan that he thought it was going to be, like, an uproar and people was going to get up his ass. But personally, he said, I don't give a shit what people think or say. If you don't want to see it, don't see it. Don't, don't, don't hear it. I don't right. care. You know, those right. people who are fans can listen to me. Those who are not, don't bother with me. Do you think comedy right. has right, right, right. Yeah, and do you think comedy um, has become more sensitive, more strict for us to say something? Um, like, what is your which, yeah. what is your uh, your material about? Now, I've heard it before, and I loved it. Yeah, see, my material, and and I absolutely get it, and I am a firm believer in uncensored. I'm sorry, uncensored comedy. Mm -hmm. I absolutely am. Same here. Um, my material, however, tends to be pretty vanilla in terms of 
of issues that are going to be hot buttons for people. Like I talk a lot about motherhood and kids and relationships and getting older and doctor's appointments and stuff like that, that it's so, it's pretty neutral. It's pretty just kind of relatable life stuff. Yeah. I don't have any material. I mean, sometimes I'll language, I'll alter sexual references and stuff based on where I am and who the audience is. But in general, I don't do politics and religion and abortion and any of those kind of topics anyway. Not because I don't think people can't make jokes about it, it's just that just not the first thing that pops into to me into my head. So I haven't really been that affected. But I completely defend everybody's right to joke about what they want to joke about. And I agree, if you don't like it, see another comedian. Um, The only thing, the only line that sometimes gets crossed that I don't like is if you have been asked to perform on a show Mm -hmm. and have been given parameters, like, hey, this particular crowd, such and such, please don't do material about certain things. If you are being hired as a professional and asked to not do certain material, I think it's very disrespectful to cross that line just for the value of shock. I think that's kind of, that's a jerk move. Yeah. Um, But but that, because you know, you've been asked to do something and you've agreed to it, you know, so I would never break any of those kinds of rules, Mm -hmm. but in general... Like Anthony Devlin was saying, is like if you don't, if you're not my audience, you don't have to listen to this. But you certainly don't have to have a protest about it or cry or anything. Right. No, and I agree with you on that. I mean, like when my older brother passed away, I was the last one doing the eulogy, and in my head, I said to my to my family, I said, uh, "Oh, I guess I'm the headliner," you know, um, which was like. It was like a, the people that were <laughs> – it was like a singer, and then a singer. There was a guy reading a poet. Like half of my older brother's friends were there. A couple of them reading born sang a song. You know, his wife, his, his widow got up there and said something. And next thing you know, I was the last one. I said, oh, I'm the headliner. That's awesome, you know. And there was a priest. I, I crossed the line at a funeral home while a priest and half the room were, were all Christians. And I said some things that I crossed the line. But while I was up there, I was like, I just thought of it as a regular stage. You know what I mean? I, mean, I was me being me. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay. Yeah, and I was like, I crossed the line with a lot of stuff. I look at the priest. I'm like, priest, you can drown me in holy water, what I'm about to say. You know what I mean? But this is how I am. If you don't like it, you know, leave the funeral home, you know. Well, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's like when I see these, uh, I'll say it, rookie comedians performing, they all try to emulate the Dice Clay, the the Sam Kinnisons, um, and they think it's like uh, half of them. It used to be a time where it was like, oh, I'm going to be dirty. Dirty is funny. And it's like, right. no, nowadays it's not. You know what I mean? It's Well, that was the easiest way to start. I was a lot dirtier when I first started because it was funny to play like they were and they You know what I mean? Like it was... It's, it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. I think it's less less of a challenge. So I understand start that way. Oh yeah, but some of them get nervous, and it's like um, they go to the dirty stuff. You know what I mean? Just to win the crowd. Right. And right. I, to just to just go for it. Right. Yeah, and I been doing this for so long. Nowadays, it's like if I do an open mic and I bomb, I just don't care. You know what I mean? It's like hey, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's open mic. But to a rookie comic, it's like, uh, it's like, oh my god, it's like they they feel this depression and sadness, and it's like, what did I do wrong? I wanted you to love me. Sure. And it's like, oh my god, dude, you got a long road to go yeah. <laughs> to to experience well, like me. the booing and stuff, yeah. you know? Like, have you ever been booed? Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever been booed no. on? No. Never. I haven't ever been booed. No. Um, but remember, I haven't done like I haven't really done the open mic circuit or anything like that. Because remember, I, I'm a Delaware girl who started comedy in her 40s. Like I wasn't. Yes. So I didn't go. Do, so it, it 
like I'm not saying that it's not the way to do it. It just didn't happen for me. So I'm not saying everybody's loved every show they've seen me in. Oh yeah. But I've had pretty friendly rooms. Um, I've had I've had rooms where stuff that usually goes well doesn't go well and you leave and you feel kind of like Charlie Brown like wrong wrong you, know, <laughs> you know but but I've never I've never had the painful like booing I the worst thing that ever happened to me one time when I was first starting I was on a showcase in Baltimore and some guy yelled um show us your tips right was the first one I got up there Wow. Um, right? So I just, so I, you know what I did? I just yelled, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I didn't have any other problems. Yeah. Wow. Well, I didn't have any other problems. Well, I've been booed. I know the feeling. You know, nowadays it's like I don't care. Now I play with it. You know what I mean? Um, Sure. Yeah, you sure. gotta play with it. You gotta let it get to you. I tell you what, the worst booing I ever received was when I was it was early two thousands, uh, the Laugh House on South Street in Philadelphia, and uh, it was like every open mic was on Wednesday. It was how can I put it delicately, thug night. You know what I mean? Like hardcore. Okay. You know, former prisoner thug night. Like everybody got right. booed. No matter what, and you know Ture Gordon, right? Who? Ture Gordon. Do you know him? I don't. Okay, don't. he's a comedian and a, and a, a fantastic comic. But anyway, he was emceeing the room. He always emceed the room, and he knew how to win the crowd. Anyway, the worst time I ever right. got booed, um, the crowd was so immensely horrible and mean to the comedians. There were some that they didn't boo, and uh -huh. some they were like, "F this." I had a bad day. Now I want him to have a bad day. The worst performance sure. show I did was uh, at an open mic at the Laugh House. This was like in early 2000. Ture Gordon gets up there, wins that crowd, and the next thing you know, he introduces the comics. And then I was up next. I think I was like number five or six. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from New Jersey, please give it up for Jerry Torres. As soon as I was walking towards the stage, the whole crowd booed me. The entire oh, crowd. Like, I didn't get a chance to go in front of that mic and say something. I didn't get a chance to put in a word. Wow. I was up there for, like, wow. maybe... They didn't scare me off, but, I mean, it was like... I tried to, like, say one little word, and they still... I must have been up there for, like, a minute, 30 seconds, and then I'm like, okay, you know, F all y'all. Goodbye. To Ray Gordon. Well, this is... Oh, wow. Yeah. So well, that just sounds like that's just a just a yucky night, you know, just a yucky situation. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Character building for sure. Yeah. It, well, yeah. It built it built me it built oh. me up. Well, the next Wednesday I came back, and uh, to Ray Gordon saw me and he goes, uh, "Man, you must love getting booed." I was like, "No." I was like, "Well," he goes, "I like that. You came back. I like that. That means yeah. you're determined. Yeah. I like that." So ever since then, Absolutely. I was had his respect. But uh, wow! Well, that's what I was just gonna say. The fact that you went back a week later, you're like, okay, that's pretty impressive. No, oh, yeah, yeah. And for me, I've seen comics come back. Um, I've heard many stories like they quit, they stopped doing it, you know, because they got booed or nobody mm -hmm. laughed at their material. And it's like, it, it's it's not an overnight thing, guys. You know what I mean? It's not an yeah. overnight thing. You have to practice. Well, and the thing Go ahead. If you're that. Honestly, if you're that sensitive that whether you do it or not do it depends on the response of a couple audiences, mm -hmm. it's probably not for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, like you have to have a much thicker skin than that. And you have to you you have to objectively be able to say, OK, like. Okay, what am I doing when they're laughing? What's the difference between what I'm doing when they're laughing versus when they're not laughing? And how do I work through this? You can't just be like, if you're going to be heartbroken and be like, well, then I don't want to do this. Then maybe, maybe you shouldn't. Right. You know, maybe you should be doing something that's a little bit more predictable. Um, because this certainly is not predictable. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Yeah, I tell every comedian that wants to listen. I, I rarely give advice because there are those that want advice and those others are like, no, I'm going to go rogue and find out for myself. Okay, fine. 
But, I, I mean, the best advice I give comedians, I said, keep performing, take acting classes and comedy classes, and you'll find the science mm-hmm. of doing stand-up comedy. Have you ever given mm-hmm. advice to any comedian or to any performer? Um, um, I, you know, only, only, only give it if somebody asks me. Because, okay. you know, once again, coming up in theater, actors don't give other actors notes. You know, you don't do it. But when I've been doing it for a little bit and people ask me questions, I'll absolutely let them know what either my experience has been or what some of the best advice that I've received mm-hmm. has been. If they want notes on their particular set, um, because here's the thing is, is, is material doesn't even have to be material that you find relatable for you to be able to sit with another comic and help them come up with a tagline or something that goes with that. Right. Right. Um, so if a comedian asks me to watch their set, I'll absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually I would just kind of say what well, my experience has been, because not everybody's experience translates to somebody else, right? right? And I always say, hey, when I first started, a few people said these things to me, and these are the ones that always stick in my head. Like, one of the biggest things that stuck with me is, like, this guy told me, like, if they like you, you can say what you want. Mm. And it made me realize, like, a big part of it, honestly, for me, is just establishing that relationship with with the audience in the first 10 seconds that you're walking up there. Mm. Um, they kind of decide if they like you or not like you. And if they like you, you can say what you want to say. You know? Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, that's a good one. No, that is a good one. That is a good one. Now, other than doing stand-up, like my dream performance, my dream club that I would love to perform in is the Comedy Store in L.A. And yeah. oh my god, that's the Carnegie Hall of all comedy clubs. I would love yeah. to say, do, I'll do a five minute guest spot. I don't care, just as long. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Yes, I love that. You know, there, there are so many places you're like, I would serve drinks here for the night if you would just let me kind of be part of it. <laughs> right, exactly. Open the doors. I'll clean the toilets. Just let me yes, do five minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> what Absolutely. Is, is that is your dream? Like, is there a theater? Um, you say you love theater, but is while doing stand-up comedy, <laughs> and you say you love theater, is there a certain type of theater that you would love to perform in? I'll tell you mine. Mine is the Kimmel Center. I was just going to say, I mean, as oh. a person, because I'm close to here, I would love to be at the Kimmel. You oh. know, I would, like... Um, I'd even be happy at the Grand in Wilmington, you know, because it's my turf. Like the places that I've drawn by, I'm sorry, driven by a yeah. hundred times. It would be great to perform there. Um, but it's interesting now that you've asked me the question, I, I thought about it. I don't really think of specific places, like specific venues. I'm more, what I've started thinking, I'm like, okay, I wonder, you know, if I'd be funny on the West Coast or if I'm do you see what I mean? Like, just yeah. general areas. Like, I've gotten, um, <clears throat> like, I got to do a show in San Diego, and I'm going to L.A. for a, comp, uh, a uh, festival in August. And I'm like, and it was really cool to do a show in San Diego and be like, oh, people in California will laugh at me. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, I know, you know, I got New York, New Jersey, Delaware covered, and, and Santa thinks I'm funny, but it was nice to know that, San Diego like it too. That's more what I'm thinking of. More the, the I'm thinking more geography than specific venue. I'm not that cool yet to even really know what all the venues. Oh, no, sweetheart, are. you're cool, honey. That's I, that's <laughs> another thing. You have to be. I like I said. I don't give advice to comics unless they ask. But right. Another thing that I've learned in this is that your material has to be universal. And universal, but like, like you talk about your husband, your marriage, your doctor appointments. And when you're performing, like, say you want to perform at the West Coast and you're doing a show in uh, Washington State, you can't talk about Philly cheesesteaks. You know what I mean? And right. It, 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 right. That's the thing. And when you're, yeah, when you're doing, when you're prepping for TV sets for late night and stuff, they always say, like, 
local jokes don't work. Like the people in Ohio don't care about your tiny apartment and the subway in New York. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. you've got to have, yeah, you have to, and it's true. I tend to do, and again, like, you know, I'm a middle-aged mom. Like my material is that stuff because my material is all my, actual life like i don't have quirky fun city facts you know? right um, it, but it does tend to translate well to other areas because it is kind of it's a more universal concept yeah now as for the me too movement and the uprising of uh-huh. uh the women in the performance business actor actresses yeah. singers models uh, how do you feel that, do you think that it has opened the doors and opened the eyes of these, uh, well, by once dominated business of men? Now, do you think this puts the fear in men to be cautious, to think twice? I'm not talking about sexual harassment stuff. I'm talking about, like, business, right. like money, like, okay, yeah. you know. Um, I, you know... It's an excellent question, and I like the fact that you, you you know you move it away from the sexual harassment part because I almost see those as two separate issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. I think it has brought attention to the fact, you know, the numbers show that the, the positions of power in entertainment have traditionally been dominated by males. Like it's. It's a math problem. Like, it, you can look at the numbers, and it's true. Um, so I think the attention only to the fact that some opportunities, leadership roles, and entertainment haven't been made available to women when perhaps they should be, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I think good strides being made. Um, and I think, you know... It, can everybody work a little bit harder? Like men, um, the type of men that would take advantage of their position now have to actually work harder. Right. 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 Um, and they have to pay attention because they couldn't. They might not be replaced by just one guy. Now that there's ten women that might also be able to take their jobs. You have to work harder. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, Nobody, nobody can just stay comfortably where they are anymore. And some of those things are things that I do really think need to be looked at by people. Um, and I say that as a like, I love men. I most of the people that hire me for things are men. It's, it's like I have personally had wonderful experiences. When you look at where the real power in the industry is has been male. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's exciting times. It's exciting times. And honestly, for me, as a woman who is not a 20-year-old ingenue, it's pretty exciting because there's, you know, there's places for me too now. Oh, mm-hmm. and I didn't mean to say me too. That wasn't a hashtag me too. That was okay. as well. Got that, right? Yeah, me too. I got it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, oh. it's it is like okay, like I would say I prefer a woman who, becoming a, a major executive uh producer in movies nowadays because what happened to that other producer uh what's his name? Do you know Rick um that pro- for um Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah Harvey yeah. Weinstein, the the, the douchebag asshole yeah. that he is. Yeah. Um Yeah, it didn't yeah, he didn't do well for his species, did he? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. I mean, as ugly as he was and fat and pathetic and his wife his hot wife left him just to let her know I'm single I'm right here. But um uh <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it it's I wouldn't say put gives us men a bad name, but I tell people I prefer women becoming uh an executive producer in movies nowadays you know like the big hot head honcho in the business because i feel safe um one yeah i do respect women i would never cross the line or do or say anything unless it's at a porn place but no i wouldn't no but um 
it, it's in this business that uh, I prefer women become more dominant in the movie industry because, I, like mm-hmm. I said, I would feel safe. I would feel more secure. And right away, it's like I know that I'm not going to do or say anything to offender and not only that like you said is going to make me work much harder to let her know that hey i have this talent you know i want to keep my job sure with the male sure and the, go ahead oh no i'm just going to say and the thing is is if everybody it kind of equalizes things mm-hmm. you know i feel like if everybody just operates from the fact that I need to do my job and I need to do my job well and take out some of the, the other just bullshit that comes along with it, like who's sleeping with who, who's prettier than who, and if everybody is just at a place where they really honestly have to just show their best self all the time mm-hmm. while they're at work, I think that benefits all of us. Right. Yeah. And you got um, Well, Missy, our time is almost up. I would love to continue okay. talking to you. Oh my god. Finally I got a chance to interview you. Jeez. Yes, well, hey, I'm I'm clearly available on Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'll definitely keep that in mind if Thursday I need somebody. Yeah, and I would definitely hopefully one day to have you in the studio live. That'll be awesome as well. Uh, I'm sorry, couldn't hear you. What happened? The phone. <laughs> that will require pants and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! You see, you talk with no pants on. Damn. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. Anything you'd like to plug before uh, we, before we close the show? Um, I would love to just send people to my website, seahawkcomedy.com. Okay. And. Like me on Facebook, the Hall Comedy. Um, you can tweet. Oh, Missy, you broke up there. I couldn't hear you. Can you repeat that again, please? Sure. You can find me on Pandora Radio. Okay. Um, and you can also find me on iTunes. But really, if you people will just come to my website, MissyHallComedy.com, they can find out all my dates and I do some blogs, and I'll announce when we come out with a podcast and all of that there. It would be great to have some new friends online. Oh, that would be beautiful. Okay, people. Missy, thank you so much. Um, You really saved my ass on this one. Uh, Again, (laughs) if you're ever in New Jersey on a Thursday, please let me know. I would love to have you on in the studio. And good luck to everything that you do, sweetheart, and I really look forward in the future to performing with you. What? would be awesome. Take care. Thanks so much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, again, Missy Hall. Thank you, Missy. Woo! She is wonderful. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks. Bye, Missy. <laughs> Bye. Oh, my gosh. She is fantastic. Isn't she, Rick? Oh, she's amazing, yeah. Oh, my God. I love her stories. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to close the show really quickly while I find a good song to pick and something from Levitas. My man Rick is going to play it. Okay, cool. Here we go. All right. Are you looking for that New York style and taste? Then go to Levitas Pizzeria. It has that New York feel and that Italian tasty touch. Mwah! A great place to eat with family and friends. Levitas Pizzeria, located at 12 High Street, Mount Holly, New Jersey. For pickup or delivery, call 609-267-8957. Levitas Pizzeria, excellent food, perfect New York taste. Okay, I will fuck you up! Hey, what the hell was that, man? That was Missy Hall. Don't do that. What? You heard me, man. Uh, one more time for Missy Hall. And, uh, oh, my God, she was great. I love yeah. that woman, man. So, uh... How did, what did you think, Rick? Uh, she's cool, man. I, I really want to check out her stand-up now. Yeah, man. You got to look her up and uh, check her out on Facebook and uh, her, her website, Missy Comedy... MissyHallComedy.com. Yeah. Check her out. She is hysterical. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to find a good song. Fuck your own face! Say, Shut up, Grossman! Oh, my God! He's mean. Who's that Grossman in here? Oh, Jesus, man. Go to town, man. Go to town! All right. Okay, okay, okay. Yo, somebody get him his Diet Coke. Diet Coke! Okay, good. All right. <laughs> All right, ladies. Oh, here's a good song. I'm going to pick to close the show. Here we go. Uh-huh. 
Yeah! George Thorogood and the Destroyers, it wasn't me. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's a bit for my time here. That's my time here on the Jerry Torres program. <laughs> Screw you, man. I messed up. It's here cool. on wildfireradio.com every Thursday at 7 p.m. We will not be on next Thursday because it's the 4th of July, people. But other than that, the following Thursday, I will be back on once again for my producer, Rick. He kicked ass, as always, in his hair. Yes, that beautiful hair. <laughs> he does the wave thing. Well, Thank you, Rick. As always, man, you did a great job. Thank you. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on jerrymtorres.myportfolio.com. That is my website. And the following Thursday, I will be back on. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everybody for listening again to the Jerry Torres program here on wildfireradio.com every Thursday at 7 p.m. I'd like to say to everyone, whatever religious figure you believe in, may you be blessed. I bid you all a fond fondue. I'll be back the following Thursday. So I ask you all, please, don't go changing. George Thorogood and the Destroyers, it wasn't me. Please, take me away.